0: I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one.
1: Do you want anything from the shop? Call it out.
0: chocolate ice. It doesn't say anything about a chalk ice, does it? No. No, it doesn't. Sure it doesn't. So fuck off! My boy says he can eat 50
1: eggs. He can eat 50 eggs. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! You're certifiable, Quint, you know that? You're certifiable! Hello, Dimitri. Listen, I-, I can't hear too well. Do you suppose you could turn the music down just a little? Oh, uh-huh, that's much better. Hello, and welcome to a special spring podcast with myself, Nigel Weekly, and my dear husband of cinema, Pork Migio. Hello, we've a real jam-packed podcast this month with lots of current and future releases to get through. So before we get going, let's try a little bit of Juran Juran.
0: Yeah, so that is Tran Duran, as Nigel said, and uh, features heavily in *Sing Street*, the new film that came out uh, on Patrick's Day, um, from John Carney. It's his—it's kind of like his third musical trilogy, or the you know the third film in his musical we had uh, *Once*, uh, which got great acclaim, won Glenn and. Marquette Erglova Igl- 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 the best Oscar for a song then we had Begin Again which kind of was divided but I quite liked it and um, Mark Ruffalo I haven't seen Kieran yeah Kieran.
1: I, when I was watching Sing Street I was like oh I really should catch up on Begin Again because I know Netflix. you loved it it's yeah. on Netflix
0: okay um, and they have a headphone splitter in it there you go which I forgot to bring today so I'm someone's microphone or Son's headphones uh, yeah so Sing Street is the third film and it's set in 1985 best year ever Uh the year in, of
1: your the year of your birth.
0: Yeah, uh, set in Dublin, and it concerns uh, a kid called Connor, but then he's given the nickname Cosmo. Is Ferdia Walsh, Pilo, and um, so it was an interesting name when he was at school. Pilo sounds very like Pido.
1: Um what? The, the, the his real name is actually yeah. going to school. That's what I was wondering about him actually. I don't know anything but in real life interviews he has come across as uh fairly well to do as a young actor. Well he's quite he seems
0: like a normal, nice kind of guy, but he's
1: classically trained in the piano
0: and Opera. He's done a lot of operas. Yeah.
1: So, like I say, quite a well-to-do young man.
0: But. <laughs> yeah, but great actor. And uh, it's 1985, so there's a recession on, and his parents can't afford to send him to whatever fee pen school they're obviously sending him to. Yeah. And he has to go to Sing Street in Dublin. Yeah, uh, it's just past the Bleeding Horse, I think. Okay. Yeah. Geography wise, for Dublin City. Um, in the heart of Dublin Eight. Yeah. And obviously, it's kind of much inner-city school. And he's a bit like a fish out of water, but falls in love with a girl who just randomly hangs outside the school uh, called Rafina, who's played by Lucy Boynton. And as a result of trying to win her affection, he realises he suddenly has to start a band pretty quickly. And this is when we get Eamon, who's played by Mark McKenna, who becomes his... um I don't know, he's almost the Paul McCartney. He's Lennon
1: to the McCartney, <laughs> or, or, or the other way around. Yeah, whoever your favourite Beatles,
0: I suppose, or which character you like the most. So they set up this band, start getting the um, rest of the school together, and it's great, and it has all these other wee small touches of, like, his brother is played by Jack Rayner, who I think is a great character, because he's almost like that person that you forgot in, or who's forgotten about in recessions and times are tough, where he just stays at home all day and smokes weed, yeah. and he's almost like depressed and he just there's this thing where you don't want to leave the house and his parents are going through a divorce and they have bigger worries than mm, thinking about him yeah and we've lovely we've a clip here uh, that the main Christian brother at the school uh, comes in conflict with Cosmo and it's, it runs throughout the film the, the battle with the Christian brother and nothing really happens over it which I kind of like because nothing would have happened
1: over it it's not like anyone you know was I was trying to think of corporal punishment at the time would have been kind of been weeded out but probably in a CBS secondary school probably still grand on the sly like, yeah be- uh, so here we have
0: a clip of Cosmo going up against the Christian brother
1: I bought these before I knew about the shoe color policy here at Sink Street. But it's not as if they're runners or something. They're, they're brand. They're they're quite sensible. They're not black. I'm I'm not sure what you want me to do.
0: Take them off. You can leave them at the door there.
1: Love a bit of Don Witcherly. Yeah. Starred in the Sunday Times Culture supplement there talking about I thought it was interesting. He was talking about his week uh there last week and he was talking about rehearsing for a play. Uh it's in I think it's called Inside the GPO, Fish Amble Street, nineteen sixteen production. But he didn't once mention the fact that the film he's in was out that day. So I know that the these things that get made a while ago but like the PR head wasn't maybe, maybe yeah, tuned isn't in. Totally in but anyway um
0: yeah uh, yeah so I really love the film uh, there's also a cameo of where I live I won't tell people who know me will know where I live I don't want any psychos hunting me down but uh, that's great I was like oh there's Dublin and it's got Fusco's on me Street and lots of wee places where you're like yeah it's good really and, funny
1: and the geography actually sort of adds up sometimes you watch these movies and they you know they move from being in Connemara to being you know on O'Connell Street such as Leap Year and some of these things and yeah. then they end up in Wales 20 minutes later but Honest, you're actually like, yeah, I can kind of see where he's going from there and there, and yeah, and they have to drive to get the dart and all that, so... Fair play to them for actually putting a bit of maths together.
0: Yeah, it's very funny. It's warm hearted, kind of. Um, but again, it does have serious issues like breakdown of a family,
1: depression, uh, but child abuse, I think, at one point. Yeah, I was actually lately. delighted that they dealt with it. I also saw it and liked it a lot. I'm not sure if it's a full five stars like you, but it's very close. Um,
0: yeah. the I I liked
1: that you, a little bit, but I liked that they were dealing with these serious things like divorce. Uh, you know clerical abuse a little bit dipping into it um, the recession the economic situation no one really having a job no one having any money not being able to afford to put the heating on and yet they looked at it through the eyes of a 15 year old boy who's just kind of like meh I'm just going to go That's and play a bit of music and animality. have it and, th- and they don't know any difference so they're not going to dwell on it we as the audience you know think about it but Irish cinema tends to be too miserable anyway so it's nice that they just sort of had a bit of fun were a bit light about the whole thing mm. Um yeah, I really liked it. Um, Aidan Gillen was surprisingly good in it as well, kind of playing up to everything you want from him. And I also was delighted with how good Jack Rayner was, because we give Jack Rayner a lot of abuse on the pod and Han Solo, all the possibly. time. Possibly going to be playing Han Solo with his weird South Dublin American accent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about the possibility of him playing Han Solo.
0: I'm
1: sure he'll do fine in it, but I I don't know. No, it's a terrible idea. But anyway, he's brilliant in this because he's playing, you know, a character close to himself. His hair is kind of good fun and, Mm. um, yeah. So in terms of the ending, at this stage the film's only out a couple of days so we're not going to ruin it, but it's a strange ending. It's kind of corny and doesn't really make sense
0: and you're like, "Ah, it's a bit unbelievable, but I think it works within the context of the film. I'm like, I can kind of buy it.
1: Yeah, and the film is dedicated to brothers. So really, while there's a relationship at the Center of it, a kind of a teenage romance. Really, it's about the the boys. Cosmo and uh, Brandon. Yeah. Um, so anyway, also out last week was Ten Cloverfield Lane, which I think you saw as part of a marathon there. Uh, yeah, on
0: Sunday ago. I went for a four-film marathon. Didn't have anything to do. Had had the long, really long weekend with Patrick's day. So then. Me and Lisa were kind of bored. I was like, let's just go spend the entire day in the cinema. For so two, the both of you, for all yeah. four, one to another.
1: Did you book so, into all four? No, were we just kind of went
0: world? free flow. Yeah, we just kind of went with the flow where we went to Cloverfield first thing in the morning well not first thing it was like noon or something uh, grand came out of that ran into Zootropolis
1: without having a ticket no we always book tickets oh. uh, I'm not up for that uh, very good because you're a help- not all joking aside mm. though like I mean we have Senior World Unlimited cards so you pay your 25 or 22 quid yeah. a month so in theory you can see as much as you can but if you do the one film Hop and then jump to the other, you're kind of affecting box office gates. So, okay, we don't, I don't care about Zootropolis, but yeah. if you'd swung into Sing Street, like whatever Sing Street makes in its opening weekend is critical to the, you know, John Garney's kind of success yeah. in the box office. So, well done mm-hmm. on the, so, so after Zootropolis.
0: Ran into Zootropolis, then after Zootropolis, got some lunch. Then in the, went in the cinema. No, we left the cinema. Oh, okay.
1: Went outside.
0: Then went mm. to Sing Street again for the second time because we'd seen it like a month ago at a press screen and went to it for a second time, holds up second view and mm-hmm. came out of that and we were gonna go home and I was like, Oh, we haven't seen Deadpool and it's getting yeah. good reviews and it was like we got forty minutes. Then we went on a walk for like half an hour, came back and went to Deadpool, which is brilliant. It's really good. It was possibly the,
1: f- the best film of the
0: four. Well, no, Sing Street, but like
1: for novelty and new film, I was like yeah. Deadpool. Yeah, you're a month behind the rest of the world in that. But we haven't been here in a month, so yeah. Um, Have you seen Deadpool? I saw Deadpool, Deadpool the day came out or that weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, liked it. It sort of left it. I uh, like loved it, and then kind of completely forgot about everything. It's not gonna. It's not, it doesn't fit into the big picture. Yeah. It's not much. Uh, it's a bit like Guardians it's, of the Galaxy. That it's very it's it's super
0: fun. film I've seen in youngs because it's an yeah. adult. It's for adults. Like there's loads of violence. Well, it
1: played in a little bit oh it's definitely violent but plays in a bit to the Ant-Man thing of it being a little bit isolating but also I'm not sure you did see Mm Ant-Man yeah that was good fun but to me is much funnier much cheerier yeah and and bleaker and
0: just adult I was like oh yeah great
1: which is what how most of these comics are actually written yeah in a very dark sense so uh, well done to all the gang behind that Ryan Reynolds if you're listening I know you're um, an avid listener so we are giving it the thumbs up I know it's been a few weeks but I really like Ryan. Ryan Reynolds he, well in this it clearly shows that he knows how to make fun of himself and, mm. and th- you see him show up in random films as well so he does have his head screwed on like yeah. he, he can make fun of, him, of himself and all the X-Men definitely. jokes are great um, yeah because they couldn't actually get anyone um, anyway so 10 Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Lane so this is a film that came out we we got a trailer for it in January no one had really heard of it up until that point they knew there was a new J.J. Abrams produced bad robot uh, product but um, then it kind of was released with the word Cloverfield in the Title, and everyone's like, What? Oh, so um, first time director Dan Trechtenberg, um, along with uh, a couple of different writers on it, including the director of Whiplash, whose name escapes me at this moment. But he was possibly going to direct it, but then he went and made Whiplash. But anyway, it's an incredibly simple plot. Uh, Michelle, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, is driving away from her home, crashes her car. Uh, She then wakes up in chains in some sort of underground bunker, so it's a bit like Saw. And then we're introduced to two other questionable characters. John Goodman, who plays Howard, who's this kind of creepy, you know, guy in his 50s who's the main doomsday uh, kind of practitioner, maybe believer in the, you know, this is all very, very dangerous. He's and like a really on. Norman Bates. On. Uh, yeah. And then John Gallagher Jr. plays Emmett. And they're talking about things like nuclear war, aliens and the end of the world. And she's very sceptical about whether any of this is true and whether she's just there and whether it's a bit of a, a thing. And then... um, We'll take a look at a scene here where she's trying to actually sort of escape. Uh...
0: No! No, no! Don't open that door!
1: Oh, There's a woman. No, the
0: door. Help her! No one did! Open the door! She's begging me to... Be Do not
1: let her in! Let me in! Let me in! Yeah, don't let her in. Don't let her in. So, so this was it. Um first of all it's not really part of the Cloverfield world because first of all it's seven sorry second of all it's seven years since the first Cloverfield film came out which is pretty scary um, considering I have such sort of avid memories of uh, watching the trailer for it and then kind of going and then enjoying it in the cinema but also feeling a bit sick because it was a very distinctive camera style of shaky 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 3D I think Um, so it, I thought it worked as a standalone film and didn't really need the Cloverfield thing it was just called The Cellar and then they rewrote the ending when the kind of the team behind it changed so there's some stuff I suppose I don't know it depends on if people are going to see it but the, the ending didn't have as much let's say razzmatazz to the so left quest, a lot more questions uh, in it but oh, it right. kind of worked That's for interesting. me
0: interesting yeah because I read I went back and read your review um, and I you, can't remember writing the really but yeah. I you started by well, saying you hadn't seen the trailer for it or you went in kind of Pretty dumb, yeah, not I hadn't being. seen the trailer, so I had seen the trailer for this, and like I went to see it with Lisa, and she dug it way more than I did. And because she, she was totally she didn't have a clue really going into it. And if you've seen the trailer, you see that now, spoiler maybe because you know, if you want, yeah, to and look, I played a clip there which yeah. gives a bit away. So if you've seen the trailer, you know, she gets out of the house, she you know that she gets out of the cellar, and there's a big alien thing because it shows mm. the house blowing up and something coming. That's over like, her that's yeah, in the trailer that's in the trailer oh. so like the whole time I watched Ooh. it I'm like I know she's gonna get out of this and yeah. so but you are it is interesting
1: with so it's like Room. Did I called God. it. That was my, I kept thinking it was Room. I saw it with a uh, former producer, Colin, and he just said, it's the same as Room. We we're like, yeah.
0: So um, I didn't dig it as much. I kind of didn't really care. I, I didn't scare me or I wasn't really on edge. Like when it fact, Well, that me. thing
1: where you're saying that you knew that she got out, yeah. that is the massive thing. I didn't know where that was going to go. Mm. And so I was watching it going, I don't have a clue whether there's aliens or whether this is all made up. And I just enjoyed it as a very simple piece I got more of writing
0: more so. into it when she goes up the air duct and yeah. has that discovery yeah and it plays like, oh, homage to cool. a lot
1: of those sort of you know Yeah, here.
0: but it, it ties it up like it's really interesting you're saying there that originally it was going to be a lot more open ended in the end because yeah. it ties up loads of stuff at the end like there's a bit where she's driving off and oh, it I ties don't. into a character plot thing with her and I'm like piss off yeah, I was just like that. this is horrible and the way the alien is put away Like, there's... (laughs) People always want stories and, you know, if something's produced, being like, where did that come from? There's a whole thing with a bottle of whiskey and you can obviously tell that they got to the end being like, right, well, she has to kill this thing with, you know... Right, we'll have her to get a bottle of whiskey. But if we just get that out of nowhere, people are going to be like, where's that bottle of whiskey coming from? So you have this thing at the start where she takes the bottle of whiskey from a house she's leaving and then they have John Candy refer to it later. And I'm like, this John Goodman. Is John oh, Goodman. I, w-
1: I wish it was John Candy. So I was just like, I don't the care girl. about this. This is just nonsense. It's too neat and tidy. And I didn't uh, even notice the whiskey bit. Um, I didn't even <laughs> ask where it had come from. But uh, there is that thing, yeah, where it feels like that last part was, was rewritten as it was um, mm. so it's worth actually looking back and reading some of the um, some of the pieces about mm. where the film went and everything but a huge success a lot of people give it the thumbs up and you know you, as a self-contained kind of thing maybe this idea of it being part of the Cloverfield world is no harm but they shouldn't feel like they had to do it it probably made them loads of money though. but it's really different aliens from Cloverfield yeah, they're not, in my head they're not in the same universe yeah. so that's it that they're they're just a similar story that of another time I don't know where they're going with it but they didn't need to do that like if it was called The Cellar would have been a standout kind of yeah. thing yeah
0: maybe they thought it was too similar to Room though and were like we can't call it
1: The Cellar yeah Lenny Abramson will sue us so The uh, Cellar
0: looked really cool though I was like I wouldn't
1: mind hanging out there for a while yeah I was thinking about becoming a Doomsday uh, believer there's a, there's a word for that Doomsday monk I don't know a Doomlemur yeah um, Justin Bieber's a believer so it, it did look cool and then the acid in there to get rid of mm. bodies if you just need them that was so. like who framed Roger Rabbit you know the the, yeah. the goo that got dissolved in oh yeah got sucked in yeah um, um, another horror then that came out uh, came out two, 10 days ago mm. at this stage 2 weeks ago is The Witch so this was a film that Kind of. Also, again, this show's got a bit busy there in the month of February. The Witch sort of arrived without too much a plum, a plum or hullabaloo uh, for me anyway. And then was one of these that you see the reviews stacking up as being unanimously positive, and you're like, "That's interesting," because I've become automatically preconditioned to thinking, like the, the the trailer. Sorry, not the trailer. The poster and the marketing and the title for the Witch. You kind of think it's like oh, I've sort of been, you know, been there, seen that, and mm. so on. Um, and yet it's a very different film. It's much more intelligent. I don't think it's like thematically like The Babadook, but in terms of it being a horror-ish film and something very very different and I'd say a lot of traditional horror fans probably didn't didn't like like The Witch but... If you're looking for insidious this is not your kind of film. This is not it. So um, the film is directed by a first time filmmaker called Robert Eggers and it's a horror film with a bit of intelligence. That's what I'm saying. Uh, It tells the story of a Christian family who are excommunicated from their plantation in the 1600s in New England in America. So we have Father William well, not father, because he's not a Catholic, but Daddy William, wife Catherine, uh, Thomason, who's a teenage daughter. I love the names. Caleb, who is maybe 11 or 12 years old, so the boy. And then young uh, kind of t- t- uh, twins, Mercy and Jonas, who are Classic kind of, evil twins. Yeah. They're quite f- ugly twins. No offense oh, if you're listening, but they were probably yeah. creepy. Yeah. So they, they leave, and I love this. They just decide to stop and set up shop so they're excommunicated they bring all their stuff and then they settle down um and it takes them a little bit of time, but they they build a new life, you know. So after six months or whatever, the mum uh, has her baby. I don't know whether she pregnant when they left. Is that the? I don't know. Actually, can't remember. Anyway, they have a baby. I don't know how much. Maybe let's say nine months, and they they set up their new little farm. Um, they get some like some corn crops going, and they feed their goat and uh, all that. But the only problem is, it's beside a big spooky forest. Um. And one day, Thomason is out with this newborn baby playing peekaboo, and all of a sudden, whoosh, mm-hmm. baby disappears. This is and all he's... within the first fifteen, twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. So it gets going, and then it's a case of, you know, fingers are 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 pointed. Who's to blame? Is there someone who's, you know, possessed? Is there someone? Is there a thing? And then we we the 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 t- titular <laughs> character of the film, the witch connected with the forest is sort of revealed and uh, yeah it's sort of that all happens very
0: early on like this isn't too much of a spoiler like when the baby disappears it's about 10 minutes it's not a question of are we going to find the baby again because you see what happens to the baby and it's pretty like Jesus okay this film's really marking its cards um, pretty full on. So yeah, it is kind of yeah. then delves into this Salem witch
1: trials. Yeah, and, and then you're, as I say, pointing fingers. Some people, the kids are to blame. Thomas and the teenage girl gets a bit of blame. Caleb, the teenage boy, he gets you know in trouble then as well. Uh, the animals start getting into question. So we've a good bit of a fun clip here mm. involving some of these uh, evil people. So this is the goat that they own. It's called Black Philip, who I think I'm not sure. What sort of spool awards uh, we could do at the end of this year for uh, animal performances? But Black Philip um, deserves a bit of credit, so uh, we'll watch this for a sec. Ma, 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 ma. Black
0: Philip, if you are wicked, just he really speak to thee.
1: Black Philip, Black Philip. Um, wonderfully creepy there.
0: Uh, Not a lot of moments, so that won't spoil any, where it has potentials to disappear into, like, you might have a snigger or a laugh, but I was really enthralled by it, and... Um, the stuff that happens is handled fantastically you're like oh if anyone else had have done this maybe it would have been comical or you wouldn't have bought it but
1: yeah and Christianity and any religions from brought in to cinema is always kind of a dodgy thing I don't know as Robert Edgars or the screenwriters are they religious but there's actually quite a lot of reverence for religion in it you know this was from a time when people feared going against the word of God you know so um, they and believed they, in all witchcraft they believed and in it all exactly and so this thing of of possession and witchcraft was was terrible. Like mm-hmm. and so you, you, I actually think it's very respectful of that. And I must I haven't read my uh, religious publications as of late, but I think some of the reviews are quite actually quite fair. Like they're not in the usual way when they look at yeah. religious, uh, religiously themed films, they get completely ridiculed. But I actually think it's very respectful to all that. So and um, yeah, oh, the I enjoyed immensely the. Uh, Ralph the Inson, he played William so he's one of these English sort of let's say character actors who's been in like Harry Potter and mm. these kind of things so I thought he was brilliant and then Kate Dickey did you recognise her she played Catherine
0: was the guy you liked the father or this uh, the father, the oh, father oh yeah he's a great voice
1: yeah, mm. uh, Kate Dickie is in Game of Thrones, and then I think she's in I Red Road. Seen Game of Thrones. Yeah, I know. I think she's in Red Road, the Andrea oh, okay. Arnold film. I'm going to confirm this right now in real time because uh, she's Scottish. Yeah, she was in oh, Red Road.
0: Brilliant. That's because um, I did
1: recognise her from something when I was watching it. And then yeah, she plays uh, Thingy, Caitlin Stark's cousin. Game of Thrones, but I thought she was wonderful. Like, because um, Red Road laid on, um, was the director of Red
0: Road behind Jane got a gun and then she left it? And there was the whole hullabaloo
1: and uh, yeah, fast because now it's come out. Now at the moment there's a trailer for it. it looks and terrible. it's terrible. Uh, yeah, I think you're getting her mixed up with um, I <sighs> other female. Oh, can't remember, we did Rat. Ratcatcher, yeah. Oh, okay. You know who I'm I'm talking about. Uh, Andrea Arnold recently directed three episodes of uh, Transparent. I don't know if you saw the Amazon series Transparent. So uh, that was where she recently was.
0: Um, Yeah, so go see The Witch. We both give it something. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: Another quick one that I just saw. uh, High Rise got to see it at um, Film Festival and then it came out in general release. Last week, was it Patrick's day? Yes. Um, Yeah, it's an adaptation of J.G. Ballard's um, novel of the same name, which was released in 1975. Uh, instructed by Ben Wheatley no relation no unfortunately I claim, I claim
1: him to be my cousin and uncle but unfortunately he won't take that
0: uh, nice guy he was at the post Q&A the film he gave was a he? t-shirt out for every question anyone answered it was a good way to get people to ask questions what was on the t-shirt it wasn't a great t-shirt
1: who did the Q&A uh,
0: a guy I've seen him in. I can't remember his name but he wore like a blue suit and I've no knowledge of him within the film thing great. great. He, I saw him in a couple of Q&A's he was good he obviously was very aware of the source material and the time yeah. period and everything because be he was this. very in-depth knowledgeable because
1: we were well, I'll t- I'm cutting you off a little yeah. bit but I'm um, going to talk about in a few minutes Mammal the Rebecca Daly film and there was a post-screen Q&A and it was terrible the guy who directed i um, don't really want to name him because he's a fellow director in ireland but he he it was a really really weird and it almost it puts such a downer on the whole thing cuz post screening q and a should be banned unless they are actually a bit of a laugh and unless the questions are good like maybe you should put you have to put your question on a piece of card and it goes up to the front mm. and they edit them the because they're so Whitney terrible one was I, better, like, yeah. I asked a question then And sort of as a joke, because I'm fascinated at the minute with how mobile phones are, if I had to do a thesis, are factored into uh, screenplays and stuff. So the film is set in Mammal. I'm going to go on to it in a few minutes, obviously. But it's set in 2011 or something and there's no phones in it. So I asked the question, uh, why does no one have a phone? And then they're like, "Mm, I don't know. So like, yeah, it was bizarre. So everyone who I was made fun of me, (laughs) but the director couldn't really answer. it, So it kind of rubbished the whole thing because... Every script that's now set nowadays, you have to, I think, step back and say, well, what would someone do if they had a phone? Even if it's a case of showing the phone with no battery or no signal, they do it in Temple Overfield Lane yeah. uh, and all that. So
0: True, they do anyway. it very
1: well in house cards. Of, of phones, exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, but that's using the fact that everyone has this device on their on their person at all times. And if not, they're looking for it. Mm. So, like, if, if the phone isn't in the story, then it's going to be there. Anyway, that's a random little <laughs> tangent, but it's my new pet peeve. Okay. Films that don't respect the phone. Uh, yeah, so High Rise um, kind of is what it says. It's a,
0: te- you know, High Rise building. There's five of them and we focus on one. And the main character... There's five or, buildings? Yeah, there's there's five blocks. Oh, yeah. Because uh, yeah. we, as we learn, as we get into the story... And the way we get into the story is through Dr. Lang and he's the narrator as well. Uh, it's played by Tom Hiddleston. He's a doctor who's taken up a room in the, the block, of a flat or whatever. And Jeremy Irons is Anthony Royal and he's the architect. And then he shows it at some point. It's almost like a hand where there's a pond in the middle. And then the high rise blocks are the five fingers. Um, Yeah, so it's basically the descent of the high rise. We have the poor working class people at the bottom uh, with families and lots of kids then we have the doctors and stuff in the middle the middle class and then we have the rich super rich at the top or the upper class uh, the royalty and like it goes very much into these like there's a party on the top floor one time and they all dress from like the French you know pre-revolution where it's all like wigs mm-hmm. and crazy stuff and then there's a party on the bottom and it's all much more
1: Punky. grubby and yeah anarchic Um, much like the Titanic when Jack was on the bottom doing the rough dancing and up the top I
0: kind of have yeah. a problem I said it in the issue or I said it in my review where it's just like I don't believe first of all the top people would live in a building like this more so would the other. like it's really it's just a microcosm I suppose and you get the point that they're trying to make the whole thing falls apart you know the, the poor people try to have an uprising and climb up higher because the power starts going and they're not allowed any of it in the food and then that's all going to the rich people and you're like Yeah, we get it. It's a whole morality thing and an analogy of current-day systems and everything, but it's
1: so... It's 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 too transparent, too obvious, too.
0: And you get it. You're like after ten minutes, you're like, yeah, I get it. You don't need to keep hitting me over the head with it. But that's what happens because it's the nature, I think, of the novel, and of Ben Wheatley's direction. He's done a fantastic job of putting you in the time period, and so much so that I think it becomes really dated, and you just kind of dismiss it almost. You know, the film ends with like a, a Thatcher quotation. You know, a piece of audio coming over the radio, and you're like, right, I get it. You know so lots of people it kind of has divided people who've seen it and I'm on the like yeah it's grand the trailer does a fantastic job of making it look amazing whereby I'd seen the film was mess, saw the trailer and I was like oh, actually maybe that's brilliant and I should go see it again and then I thought about it and I was like no, no. you didn't like this you didn't like this it's really full on aggressive lots of violence um assaults so it's really keeps you on the edge of your she- seat you don't want to go see it on a friday evening after work okay or you'll just instantly i'd say it it i'm kind of curious anyone who has loved it has been a man middle-aged man in my head so i'd be curious to see what women think of the film because i'm just because there's a thing towards the end where they almost cobble it on and i don't know if it's in the novel and it's almost like a, oh
1: well this is all okay because look at the outcome did he did ben wheatley write it with his wife and do we know did yeah amy jump was the writer and so the the editor co- oh she this. wrote it by mm. herself so written by it that's interesting yeah
0: totally by herself and then she edited it it as well and then I was like oh did he edit it as well with her um, but no seemingly she got the
1: sole edit credit Credit. I think the way uh, he works is he does a rough sort of thing each night after filming and then probably chucks it over to her yeah maybe
0: he was saying in future he hated because it comes up a Ben Wheatley film and he was like um, that's the last time that's going to happen and I kind of had my arm twisted for that In future it's going to be Ben Wheatley Amy Jump so there you go um, yeah that, I don't know fe- that's if you, feminism in action yeah if you like the sound
1: of that go see it but I don't know uh, fair enough so a very quick one then I mentioned it we've already talked about it a good bit but uh, Mammal is out in 10 days time it's directed by Rebecca Daly uh, Irish female f- uh, filmmaker which as Fork, he arrived here in uh, the recording studio complex about 20 minutes ago, and I was on IMDb just going through Irish female directors. Um, there there's very, very, very few of them actually active, and um, the film website on did a great piece for international women's day where it wrapped up some 10 films directed by irish women i imagine it was quite a challenge to put together because some of them you know you won't have heard of the directors anyway a lot of them are first-time directors who got one done and if you take kind of uh, Kristen sheridan and i think Maeve murphy out of the equation i don't think any woman has managed to get two films made in ireland in the last decade as far as i know um also Kristen sheridan is working on an amy winehouse uh, biopic according to the internet I know nothing about this but there you go first film since Dollhouse which I loved but uh, anyway Mammal is uh, the story of Margaret played by Rachel Griffith from Uriel Getting Married who um, she's a, a sort of a loner divorce woman who doesn't have a phone um, living alone in Dublin uh, who learns that her her teenage son who she'd kind of given up for adoption um, is dead so then she's sort of grieving and this young tear away kind of youth sort of comes into her life and she sort of takes him under her wing in a slightly unnerving sort of way like a bit like a mother a bit like a girlfriend a bit like a thing so it's a bit weird um, didn't really like the film um, it's gotten it did well it played in Sundance or something and has gotten a lot of positive energy from that but um, I think our whole group of people were pretty indifferent to the whole thing when we saw it
0: uh, I saw trailer for it before um, and and wasn't able to secure a ticket for it and I was like oh cool that looks great and then yeah talking to his after like nah.
1: "Yeah, yeah so I'm curious it's out in 10 days it's an Irish film directed by a woman which like I said I know it's ridiculous I'm pointing that out but that is a very rare thing whatever Irish films get made there's uh, not many of them that are kind of done so uh, did you see The Other Side of Sleep? yeah and dug it
0: I thought it was grand yeah it, okay, it's good yeah. and it's a worthwhile watch but not gonna yeah, set so, the world on fire but
1: yeah. Anyway, also had a terrible Q and A, but uh, yeah. The the one thing of note is Barry Keoghan is in it. Who's a young actor who was in, he was in Rebellion and Seventy One and Traitors as well, and he is fantastic in it. Um, he shot the cast in love here. Yeah, but he was he was at the q a and was more or less ignored even though he was the star of the show like and it was was more so Ponzi questions about themes and stuff to the mm. to the writers i thought it was very disrespectful because he was brilliant
0: um it's the easter break so a quick one for the kids zootropolis went to see it in the four hour epic film day um very good film uh concerns it's where animals have evolved so that predators and prey live together and they all most of them live in one big city called Zootropolis or Zootopia for our American listeners. Uh, Does it have a name change? Yeah, it's Zootopia in um, America, but Zootropolis here. Why? No idea. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Judy Hopp is a bunny rabbit. She's played by Jennifer Goodwin, voiced by, and she wants to be, become a police officer. She's a rabbit. and this is, is she like,
1: in um, Grey's Anatomy or something? Demi? No, she's yeah. in... Um, once Upon a Time? Yes, that's oh, yeah. it. I always know the name. I'm like, how do you pronounce that?
0: Yeah, I, I was like... Jennifer? Oh, Jennifer? I'm going to go with Jennifer. I don't care.
1: Like a gin and tonic? Like a Jennifer and tonic?
0: So gin. um she wants to become a police officer. This is seen as ludicrous because she's a bunny rabbit and too small. Like all the cops are like big rhinos or bulls or water buffalo, which I think is Edris Elba's character. He's the chief. And I wondered if it was going to devolve into stereotyping even for an animation because he's just an angry black guy police oh, yeah. chief almost in some regards um, <clears throat> then she has to team up with Nick Wilde who plays a fox her kind of, you know, nemesis and who's played by Jason Bateman and we have a wee clip of it here
1: Did you just boot my stroller? Nico Wilde, you are under arrest.
0: Huh, for what? Hurting
1: your wings? Felony tax evasion yeah, $200 a day, 365 days a year. Since you were 12, that's two decades, so times 20, which is 1,460,000, I think. I mean, I am just a dumb bunny, but we are good at multiplying.
0: Yeah, so we see the two of them. Then, as a result of that, they kind of have to work together to <clears throat> find out why. Some of the predators have gone rogue and gone back to their kind of basic instinct uh, to hunt. Uh, So, yeah, it's good fun for all the family. Very funny. Looks great. Kind of cutesy and kind of has a good story. The central image is you can be whatever you want to be. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And so, it's kind of good. Powerful. You love this because you love box office. It beat Frozen in the three day opening thing and it looks like it's going to pass it out so apparently Frozen has fallen and it's a Disney film as well so just
1: just let it go poor nice um, so that's more or less it Disorder is out on Friday so a day or two after you'll hear this it's pretty good you haven't seen it um, saw it at the film festival as well directed by Alice Winnick Winokur, uh Matthias Schumert is in it. And yeah, it's great fun. So the one fun thing, we we went to the Hateful Eight in the IFI this month uh, in 70mm, which a bit sceptical about, but they, because it was out sort of two and a half months ago and, or two months, and, you know, you're kind of, we're always a bit wary of the 70mm thing, the kind of fetishization of, of it, considering, I don't know, it's a bit funny, but it was actually very, very good. Mm. I don't know whether I'm buying into the fact that we'd a more tactile, sensory experience of seeing the film, but it felt... it felt good watching it. Looked it looked
0: great. It looked like it did. more it looked,
1: like it should or something. Like when it I went richer. to see it
0: in the normal print, it was really crisp and clean. Mm. But with this, it did look a bit dirtier. But it looked like it had way more depth, especially with those opening shots. I was just like, oh, yeah. right, yeah, I can see this.
1: Music Bits of extra footage and yeah. longer uh, pieces of music from Ennio Morricone, the Oscar-winning composer and yeah. Golden Globe winner. So props to the IFI. I see that. Yeah, and trailer for, for charging a tenor as well, which yeah. I actually thought was really fair not to kind of oversell that kind of stuff and in fairness the cinema wasn't it sold out two days of their kind of six seven day run but hopefully it's worth the effort of bringing that big yeah. shipping container of a film because they had 70.
0: 2001 a trailer for it beforehand so i wonder if hopefully they'll screen
1: that too yeah uh, a very quick one then in the month of april captain america civil war is my kind of pick I just cause. I think it looks good. Loved Captain America, The Winter Soldier. It felt, it's probably my favourite Marvel film from the last while. This one, have you seen the trailer? Got yeah. the Spider-Man in it. Mm. Don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. But I, this really just feels like The Avengers 3. Like, they're chucking everyone in there. We're not getting another Iron Man film i think they're saying this is the last we'll see of some of this breed of uh superhero of yeah and the, with the marvel kind of it's face the most excited it.
0: like couldn't really give monkeys about superman batman yeah don't which care is also about out
1: this it. weekend press screen this morning haven't even paid any attention if there's yeah. any reviews don't
0: care about x-men either really
1: uh i loved the last x-men I'm but getting yeah lost it'll be in grand the
0: timelines and everything so i'm like i don't yeah. really know what's going on so captain america i'm kind of looking forward to I Presume it's like four hours
1: value for money
0: Um, my one for April is Midnight Special I got to see this a couple of weeks ago Um, absolutely loved it when I was watching 10 Cloverfield it made me realise how much a better film Midnight Special is because they're going to be both pigeonholed into sci-fi I'll have a big review of Midnight Special on the website but um, absolutely loved it going to give it five stars stars Michael Shannon Joel Egerton and it was directed by Jeff Nichols who's you know and
1: Adam from Girls
0: yes Adam Driver who like, plays a great character in it
1: yeah it's probably yeah it's nice to see him because Girls is back on TV now and you forget that oh yeah this is what Adam kind of does where he just sort of is all scratchy and itchy and awkward and then it's nice to see him sort of being and doing a bit yeah, more so that's this.
0: coming out April 8th so uh, yeah, keep so that's your for that. Do
1: you want to wrap us up then with this?
0: Yeah, yeah, so it seems that after watching High Rise, one of the best. The music in High Rise is actually fantastic. That's one reason to go see it. It's done by Clint Mansell, who's done loads of films like Rec Room, For a Dream, and stuff like that. So the music is fantastic, but it incorporates some. Um, pop tunes and it has ABBA's SOS. It slowly brings it in in a classical version and I was kind of watching the film and be like I know that song, what is it? And then it goes into full blown ABBA SOS at one point. So here we have the classical ABBA SOS and uh, we see you next month. Bye.